This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness, as you just heard. What a Wendy's Big Show. I'm still trying to wrap my head around everything that just happened on that show. That was a fun, fun show. And, uh, again, more fun uh, coming up tomorrow from 10 until 2. As I said there before the break, as we were rushed out. Former Bears uh, offensive lineman Tom Thayer, Chad Greenway, the former Vikings uh, linebacker, will join us. And we'll also be joined by former Lions offensive lineman Lomas Brown as we look around the NFC North. Uh, the point of this was when we set this all up last week for this week, uh, was to talk about the draft classes of everybody. Now I have a feeling it's going to not only look at draft classes, but also probably they will all give us their thoughts on what is going on in Green Bay, and they may be laughing at us. Who knows? Uh, we'll just have to wait and see how that whole thing goes tomorrow. But uh, another fun big show tomorrow. John, tune into that between 10 until 2. Okay, so let's kind of go over a couple of the things that we kind of have figured out or learned here over the last four hours. First off, we had Andrew Brandt on. And Andrew Brandt had been on Rami's show uh, as well uh, earlier, a few days back, and and now came on our show. And Andrew Brandt has been consistent, whether it be on Twitter or doing radio interviews or whatever, talking about the crucial nature of the fact of massaging relationships. And in his line of work, Andrew Brandt's, that's kind of what it is because you're negotiating contracts with agents for players. So to kind of make this a little bit more understandable, I guess, let's say Dan Plucker is an agent and he represents Gary and he represents Leroy. And he's going to be the one negotiating with the Packers on Gary, who already is a Packer, and then on Leroy, who's a free agent, who's coming in from a, from a different team. And Andrew Brandt has had a longstanding relationship uh, with Gary, uh, with Gary's agent, uh, because Gary had been on the Packers for a while, and him and Dan Plucker have had drinks together and so forth. So they take care of Gary's deal, but Plucker says, hey, man, look, this is the deal. I'll, I'll get you my other guy. I know you want Leroy. Best safety in football. I know you want Leroy. And he ain't going to come cheap now. You're going to have to pay Leroy if you want Leroy. 
But then, if you're the guy negotiating the contract on the other side, yeah, I want both of them. But we got a salary cap here. I'm trying to make this all work, right? You help me out with this contract. I'll help you out with that contract. And we're going to work on this together. That's the type of relationship that you want your lead guy to have with these bigger agents. Bucks fans remember the name Jeff Schwartz, right? Jeff Schwartz. He, at one point, I think, had like half the Bucks roster when Jason Kidd was here. Jason Kidd was a Jeff Schwartz guy. And Jeff Schwartz would steer his guys, not superstars, but would steer his guys towards Milwaukee to help out, obviously, Kidd and, and the crew over there in Milwaukee. And it became a running joke about, oh, look, another Jeff Schwartz guy. Oh, look, another Jeff Schwartz guy. That's kind of how it became. Then you look around sports, whether it be the MLB. MLB really is getting into this deal here. Or even the NBA, you look at the Knicks, where you have agents now turning into general managers. Turning into presidents of organizations. Now, why would an owner want to give an agent that power for? Easy. Relationships. The relationships that that agent has with all of these different players that he's representative or all these different players that he's talked to and tried to represent relationships with other agents that he's known over the years. So when it comes to negotiating that contract, you're not negotiating with some guy you don't know. There's a trust factor there to a certain degree between guys. That's why relationship building is so, so important in sports. And that's why when I heard Andrew Brandt talking about, hey, yeah, I fly into Detroit or Dallas or wherever the case may be, and if a Rogers agent was there or Favre's agent, Bus Cook or whatever, if they were there, hey, you want to grab a drink? Grab some dinner? Talk? Yeah. Building relationships. Andrew Brandt talking about people calling him up, agents calling him up and going, hey, man. What's going on? You have, you know, as he put it, Buzz Cook. Huh? Hey, you know what it's like having somebody that's going to replace you at your job sitting right across from you. You know how that would make you feel, and kind of letting him know that they weren't happy. Meanwhile, Rogers' agent, none so happy either. Hey, man, I've been he's been he's been sitting there for two years. Brett's not going to retire, so why did y'all draft us? Because you're not going to play him. He's just sitting there. He's just wasting his career not playing. What's going on? So he's got to work that side. So he's got to work both sides. By the time that interview got done, I had made up my mind. You want to point fingers at people? You point your finger at Russ Ball. That's who you're going to point your finger at. Andrew Brand had Favre and Rodgers for three years in the same locker room without any craziness like this playing out. None. You had Favre, retire, not retire, retire, whatever. That's him. He was doing that before this. So that, that had nothing to do with Rodgers. That was just that dude. But you didn't have, trade me, I don't want to be here, I don't want to be None of that stuff. Because Brett massaged it over time and made sure everybody was good. We don't know what Russ Ball has been doing for the last year. I have no idea. If Russ Ball really was doing everything that Andrew Brandt said he was doing during this time, and this still happened, fine. Russ Ball's free and clear, we're good. But I'd want to know that if I was Mark Murphy. I I would want to know that. Like, how much relationship building have you been doing with said agents of both of these two? 
how much were you talking to him? How much did you, you know, take him out, grab some drinks or dinner when they were on the road or whatever? Like, tell me what you were doing to make sure this situation wouldn't occur. And if Russ Ball tells me enough of go, I did everything he should have done, and it still happened, fine. If there wasn't much of that going on, and there wasn't the want to build relationships or want to make sure this was salvageable, then you kind of deserve what you walked into here. To a degree, you, you kind of deserve it if you weren't taking care of it. Now, to the same point, Goody as general manager, he's, he's gullible too. But again, we, as fans, right, we don't know how much Goody was talking to Aaron Rodgers throughout the season, trying to smooth things over, trying to get him to buy into what they're trying to do. We have no idea. Maybe he was trying all season long. Maybe it wasn't going to matter because Aaron Rodgers had already made up his mind at that point. Nobody, until this this report here from Mike Garofalo on NFL Network, nobody had brought up to this point that Rodgers had made up his mind before last season that he wasn't going to play after this season. Had not been brought up. Until this Mike Garofalo report on NFL Network on NFL Now. Now, going into this, the question was concerning Bob McGinn's report that, you know, apparently, allegedly, Rodgers texting, calling players, whatever else, when he referring to Gutenkunz, was calling him Jerry Krause, the former Bulls GM who blew up the Bulls. So, uh, it was thrown out to him. Have you heard this report? And kind of, what do you make of it? But just wait and listen to see where Mike Garofalo takes this after he answers that question. Because he goes there on his own. He wasn't asked what he gave up information-wise. What do I make of it? Uh, I make that it is accurate. I mean, we, we've, it's been one of the rumors that's been kicking around the last couple of days. I, I just, Mike Silver and I were discussing it the other day, and I said, well, I don't have anybody that heard it or saw it firsthand. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's something that's been mentioned. And, yeah, you're right, Andrew. I mean, it's, it's Jerry Krause who dismantled uh, that Bulls dynasty, but it's also Jerry Krause who built that Bulls dynasty. I mean, that's a, a big part of the story being left out here. But uh, it does uh, show the disdain, I think, for uh, Brian Gutekunst's moves and what he's done a general manager. I don't know if it's a personal thing, but at least what he's done in his job that Aaron Rodgers has for him. Um, and, and I'll add one more thing to this, because now it's all coming out, right? Now that the story's out there, everybody, oh, this happened and this happened and this happened. Um, what I'm told from multiple sources is that Aaron Rodgers was telling the Packers prospective free agents, basically, before you make any decision, I'm probably not going to be here, right? And to the point where he was telling them, I'm told, all the way back to the beginning of last season. Now, that was in the wake, the months after the team had drafted Jordan Love. Um, did they believe that was the case or, or take that into consideration as they made their individual decisions all along the way? Well, David Bakhtiari, who's about as close to Aaron Rodgers as it gets, signed an extension with the team in November. So I think, like a lot of us, the players were hearing that saying, yeah, he's upset, he doesn't love it here, but he'll be here come next season. Well, we don't know right now. Uh, and those players who decided on their future decided to make the decisions on their own futures uh, for their own uh, personal well-being rather than whether they thought that Aaron Rodgers was still going to be here. And by the way, those uh, destination spots that he would like to get to, I'm told the players knew 
all, if not or most, excuse me, if not all of those when they were hearing this stuff from Aaron Rodgers back in the fall. See, that, that's horrible. I mean, I, again, we don't know. We don't know who his sources are. We don't know who he's talking to, whatever the case may be. But if this dude was seriously doing that type of stuff, and as Gary brought up after we played this on the big show, what if he's the reason J.J. Watt didn't come to Green Bay? What if he's the guy that told J.J. Watt, dude, I don't know if I'm going to be there. So, I mean, it's up to you, but I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not coming back. I'm not pretty sure I'm not, I'm not coming back. Now, again, that wasn't before the season. That was after the season, now that we get to free agency. What if Rodgers is the reason J.J. Watt didn't end up a Packer? We don't know because Graffalo doesn't say who the players are that he was telling this to, but could you imagine? Oh, my goodness gracious. You want to talk about somebody being really, really disliked like Brad Favre was, Aaron Rodgers is going to go right down that road again if any of this is found out uh, to be true, if there's more people coming out and saying that this was indeed happening. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk with Coach Tyler Gresham, wide receivers coach at Clemson, about Amari Rodgers. He'll join us next live right here on the Wendy's, not the Wendy's Big Show, Sparky's Midday Madness. This is what happens here on multiple shows. But first, let me tell you about my friends over at Young Express, the company we talk about so much is continuing to grow. I'd like to be a part of a Christian-based family-run company, a company that's been in business for over 30 years. Of course you would. They're currently looking to add to their sales department. Now, you've heard me talk about what a great company this is to work for. Now you can go and apply online at youngexpress.com. And this is some of the things they want. High degree of integrity, willing to prospect new business via phone, email, and social selling, reliable transportation, willingness to travel within an assigned territory, outside sales experience in the transportation industry is required. Again, required. If you've never sold in the transportation industry, and don't even bother uh, applying at this point, right? Closing and follow-up skills are a must. Now, what you can expect, 40-hour work week, salary plus commission, bonuses, and contests. This is very important here. Existing book of business from day one. Anybody that sold will tell you, if you don't have an existing book of business coming in, those first couple of years could be brutal. So that is a big deal. Health insurance, 401k with up to 3% company match and profit sharing. Cell phone, tablet, and all sales and promotional materials provided to you by Young Express. Email your resume right now to John Young, J Young, J J U N G at youngexpress.com or apply at youngexpress.com. That's J U N G express.com. Young Express. Success drives them. Welcome in, Sparky's Midday Madness here on 1250 AM, The Fan. Continuing talking about Aaron Rodgers and this mess that it has become. Rami Makloff coming up next with the Rami Show from 3 until 6. And then once again, like you do every night after the last pitch, you make the switch. The Pella Windows and Doors post-game show driven by Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. That comes up tonight with the franchise Tim Allen. We'll see if the Brewers can get a game in Philadelphia. We'll see what happens there. All right, so I, I saw a tweet come out, and it wasn't tweeted at uh, the fan, but it's one of our listeners, and we follow a lot of our listeners on the fan website. And this guy goes by Tyler Cheese. I like it. Says, imagine not being able to see the Packers play in person and essentially missing the final game of Aaron Rodgers' Green Bay career. The only ones who get hurt from this departure are the fans. Rodgers gets paid. The Packers would get a decent haul, and the fans watch another Hall of Famer leave. Well, this is the thing on that, real quickly, is 
with the way the pandemic played out, you can say pretty much the same thing for, say, a Ryan Braun, right? A Ryan Braun, whose last year of his career, unless he comes back, whose last year of his career was played in front of nobody. Nobody. Nobody booing him, nobody cheering him. Absolutely nobody was there to see Ryan Braun's last year of his career, if he is done. Now, whether or not he is, I don't know, because he hasn't officially retired yet, but nobody got to see it. With Rodgers, there were people that got to see it. I mean, he wasn't necessarily playing in front of empty stadiums. That's not exactly how this played out for Aaron Rodgers. Now, as a fan, would you like to know that it's the last year of his career for a farewell tour to go pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars more money so you could see Aaron Rodgers play his last game in a Packers uniform, whether it be a regular season game or a playoff game? Yeah, sure. I'm sure you would. But that's not how it that's not how it always works. If it's about seeing Rodgers and it wasn't about seeing the Packers, then you can see Rodgers playing another uniform when they play the Packers at some point, possibly. So you'll still get to see Aaron Rodgers play, just may not be in a Packers uniform again. All right, time for another special guest here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, he's the wide receivers coach at Clemson, Coach Tyler Grisham. Coach, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Sparky, thanks for having me, man. Really appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right, so obviously wanted to get you on to talk about Amari Rodgers coming to Green Bay to be a Packer. And leading up to this, he always talked about his infinity for wanting to play for the Packers. Was he talking that way around teammates and coaches and so forth, his diehard love for this organization? You know what? It, it's it's funny. I had to, whenever he got drafted, gave him a little bit of time, and we spoke the next day. Literally, after uh, we finished our season, I took my seniors out to eat and just talking, you know, around the table about, you know, what they're thinking, how things are going. And he just said, I don't know why. I just feel like it's Green Bay. I just feel like I feel like I'm going to Green Bay. My family says that. We actually, one of our Coach Sweeney's sons, Drew, um, Drew had been saying all year that it was going to be Green Bay. Wow. And uh, yeah, he plays. He's, he's a receiver for us, Coach Sweeney's middle son. And, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he and he was he was right. You know, we all were right. And uh, it, it is. It's 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 unbelievable that it worked out that way. And so I know he's over the moon uh, to be playing for such a great franchise. So talk talk about. Uh, him as far as a player and how he progressed uh, as a player throughout his time at Clemson? Yeah, I mean, he, he came in, a, a highly touted recruit. Um, both he and, and T. Higgins uh, came in together, uh, Tennessee boys, and um, and got them out of there, uh, which was great. Um, and just great players um, out of Knoxville. And, um, you know, he, he came in, you know, his background's at running back. And so he, he, I think, maybe made the transition to wide out, maybe heading into his sophomore year or so, maybe junior year. But um, so just had such great, um, you know, uh, qualities about him that really kind of lended his hand to playing a couple of positions for us. He started out playing outside, kind of at the Z receiver. We call that the two-man, okay? But he also ended up moving inside to play the slot. We call that the five-man. And, and he did both very well you know, and, and obviously had the most production this past season as a senior playing the slot and had the most catches, I believe, and maybe most yards um, at, at the slot position in all of college football. Um, thank God we needed that. But um, I'll say this, you know, he had that ACL injury um, in the spring heading into his junior year and came back in like five months, something crazy, 
And um, because he's just, that's who he is, man. He's a hard worker, you know, going to attack, you know, anything in front of him. He's, he's going to, he's going to try to kill it. And, and uh, he killed his, his, his rehab and got back really quick, but he was wearing a brace all year. Right. And so if you watch his, you watch his games, I don't know if it was something that maybe just, you know, uh, subconscious, but you know, he had the brace on and, and he wasn't running, you know, maybe not running the best route, maybe not getting in and out of his breaks as well as he would like. Um, but man, he came back his first game and took a, a screen 80 yards to the house, you know, um, so he could still run. But, you know, I sat down with him and said, hey, man, listen, this year that brace is coming off. You know, you, you ought to be completely confident in your health and, and let's go just blow it out of the water, man. Let's have a phenomenal year, play as fast as we possibly can. And um, it really worked with, with him and, and he was grinding on his own now. I mean, and he was really getting ready to have a phenomenal fall camp and man, he was, he showed up ready to go and got to work and, and I really believe that he, he got better um, and, and really improved his, his, his explosiveness, his, his suddenness in and out of his breaks. Um, and he's always going to catch tons of passes. So his hands were always been steady, but they got better. And, and he had a phenomenal year, you know, uh, the best year of his career. Time with Clemson wide receiver coach Tyler Grisham. As we talk about Amari Rogers here on Sparky's midday madness uh, on the fan the comparison is Randall Cobb. He brought it up uh, after the draft in how they haven't been able to really replace Randall Cobb at that slot wide receiver and helping Devonta Adams out uh, in this offense. The one thing about Randall Cobb was he he played had played quarterback uh, and knew pretty much everything as far as the offense goes and really was touted for his high football IQ. Uh, how does Amari Rogers compare in that aspect? He's right there with him, I'd, I'd say. I mean, he, you know, he's a coach's son, right? Uh, so he grew up around football, and um, he, he, loves, he loves the game, you know, and, and, and I've shared with others that, I mean, he comes off the field, and he's like a quarterback. He's like, hey, listen, this is what I, this is what I saw, and here's what I think we should run, <laughs> you know? So a coordinator likes to hear a player say, hey, I like, I like uh, you know, I like this play. You know, I like these plays. I like these routes, and and so, you know, he, he understands defenses, right? If, if you don't understand defenses, then you're not going to know how to attack them. And so he, he does understand defenses. And, you know, for a receiver to know more than just, hey, I'm running a slant. Hey, I'm running a, a comeback. Hey, I'm running a go route. He, he knows the concepts, right, of, of the play and why each receiver does what. Okay, so he's going to know the whole playbook. I mean, I think that's why I mean, he killed. He probably destroyed the interviews because of how smart he is. Um, with all that, you know, but um, I think he's going to be a quarterback's best friend because he can speak the language. And and from that aspect, I mean, you bring it up, obviously Trevor Lawrence, uh, obviously being a a key factor in all of this, how was their relationship? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I mean, you know, Trevor being a detailed guy, right. And and wanting his guys to be where they're supposed to be um, when they're supposed to be there. And, uh, you know, and and so Amari was, was a detailed guy as well. You know, and so he, he he takes his craft so serious. Um, you know, he wants to know the ins and outs of everything. I mean, it really makes make sure you got to make sure as a coach to know what you're talking about. You know, they can they can sniff it when you don't. You know, and so you have to know your stuff and be able to communicate. And uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, he and Trevor, you know, they, they'd come over and they they we'd be having talks on the sideline. You know, with Coach Streeter, our quarterbacks coach, and Coach Elliott's up in the box and. We're on the headset with them, kind of just relaying what they're what they're seeing, what they're talking about. So I think he's a quarterback's best friend. I, I really, I think 
I think Aaron would, would really like to play play with them. I think you need to have a Rodgers to Rodgers uh, connection this next year. What do you say? Uh, I, I don't know if Aaron's going to be here. I'd love to tell you, yes, that sounds amazing. But we don't even know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be our quarterback at this point. So, I know. yeah. I know. He'd love to play with him. I can tell you, I don't have his contact, but he would love to play with him more. I can promise you. I, I can tell you this, that when this whole story broke with Aaron Rodgers last Thursday, I was doing this very show. Uh, and people were calling in, losing their minds and so forth. And there were some, including myself, that said, to hell with it then. Then tra- trade for one and take Trevor Lawrence, and they can have Aaron Rodgers in Jacksonville, and let's just move on with life. Um, <laughs> uh, there were some that were completely on board with that that aspect of it. But but it, either way, we went through Brett Favre. Now we'll go through Aaron Rodgers. I got one last one for you, Coach. And that yep. is, and I, I know, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyhow. As far as the competitive streak, the competitive fire, I'm playing at a, a, a university like Clemson and what you guys have built there over the course of time where you guys are perennial national championship contenders and winning rings and all of that stuff. Obviously, you look for that, I would assume, in every recruit. But talk about it for uh, Amari. Yeah, I mean, Amari's a pro, like already. You know, he, he just carries himself like a pro. I think he's going to go in there and, you know, you kind of have to win the locker room a little bit. You just You know, but Amari's going to be who he is. And I think the guys will love him, I mean, because he's not going to come in with the glitz and the glam. I mean, I think he's going to fit right in that organization, that town, because he's just a worker, you know, um, you know, blue-collar man, um, just, just, you know, going to do everything right, you know, um, keep his nose clean off the field. Um, but, man, he, he's, he's hungry to be great. He, he's he's going to be – every scout I, t- I talk to would always see Amari. He's the last one off the field, you know, and even at the Senior Bowl, he's the last one off the field. But here's the deal. He's going to bring people along, along with him, right? He, he's not a loner. He's going to help lead. He's not a rah-rah guy, but he's going to lead by example, and he's going to try to bring other people along with him to help them, you know, to make them better, you know, and, and guys gravitate toward him because of just he's got a great soul, great, just a great person, you know. So I think he's going to win the locker room pretty early, and, and uh, he's going to just carry himself like he's been in the, in the league for a while. You're going to look up, and you're going to see him as a, as a 10-year, you know, vet. I, I, don't, I don't doubt it for a moment. I'll tell you this, you already won Packer fans. He hasn't even played a game yet, and I know Packer fans are anxious to go buy his jersey and all that stuff. So, Coach, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, really appreciate it, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk down the line again when the Packers draft another Clemson wide receiver. There we go. Let's make it happen. All right, there you go. Take care. There he is, Tyler Grisham, the coach, wide receivers coach over at Clemson, joining us here on Sparky's Midday Madness on the great Midwest Bank hotline. And if applying for a home renovation loan as you feeling anxious, breathe. Like great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com. All right, coming up next, you missed the TJ Lang uh, interview from, I don't know, about an hour or so ago on the Wendy's Big Show. Have no fear. I'll play that back for you coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome back, Sparky's Midday Madness, here on 1250 AM The Fan, a segment sponsored by Tally's Tapping Eatery, celebrating Cinco de Mayo today with food and drink specials all day. That's right, a Tally's Tapping Eatery. Details on their Facebook page, Tally's Tapping Eatery on Sunset Drive in Waukesha. Cinco de Mayo. Everybody's probably out and about. Well, not everybody, but I bet you there's going to be a lot of people out and about Tonight, for certain, uh, celebrating Cinco de Mayo like there is every year. It seems to me like a lot more bars and restaurants are are seemingly getting back to more normal numbers like they were prior uh, to the pandemic. So I'm sure you'll see lots of places uh, having full houses tonight for Cinco de Mayo. 
Okay, TJ Lang, as I mentioned uh, earlier, the former Packer and Lions offensive lineman, joined the Wendy's Big Show earlier uh, this afternoon, last hour of the show, with Gary Ellerson, Leroy Butler, and myself. Uh, and we started off by simply just asking him, like, what do you what do you make of this whole Aaron Rodgers Packer situation? Yeah, so last week, you know, and I haven't seen a lot of headlines today. I've gotten some texts some today. I was on the golf course, though, so I didn't see anything today. But so last week, Thursday, obviously, first round of the draft, all the news broke a couple hours before the draft. And my, the first thing that hit my mind was like, okay, this is his way of getting payback a little bit. You know, last year in the first round, they threw a wrench into his plans a little bit, trading up to get a quarterback where all all day and all week leading up to that draft, he was talking about um, how many skilled receivers there were and guys that he'd love to play with, and they go draft a quarterback. I think that kind of hurt Aaron a little bit. And I think this year, when you fast forward a little bit, I think this year when all those all the news started coming out, Schefter I think was the first to break it, what's going on, and Aaron wants out. I think that, that might have been his way of saying – hey, listen, this is my way of putting pressure on you guys to go get me that playmaker, go get me the difference makers I need to go win another Super Bowl. Because I think that's for Aaron, for his legacy, for probably what he thinks that he needs to do is to win another Super Bowl, to kind of cement himself as one of the best ever play. Uh, But the more that kind of time goes by a little bit, right, that was, you know, five, six days ago now, I'm kind of thinking – in my mind, I'm saying there's no way they trade this guy. There's no way probably Aaron wants to be traded. I, every player that goes through Green Bay and plays it for the Packers, they want to play there for their career. They want to finish there. They want to build a legacy, and they want to have a complete career. Not a whole lot of guys get to do that. And part of me thinks there's no way they're going to trade him, but the other part of me thinks if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're the teammates that are still in Green Bay – like, how do you come back from this? You know what I mean? How do you come back from this yes. after there's so much negative talk about, I want the G- uh, 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 supposedly, and I yes. don't know any of this is true, but, hey, he yep, wants allegedly. the GM fired. Hey, he wants this guy fired. He wants this guy, or he's not coming back. It's like, how do you come back from that and just show up, let's say, maybe in two months for training camp and say, oh, the whole thing was overblown, let's go, blah, 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 whatever, football. You know, I don't know how, I don't know how it's going to work out. I really don't. I'm kind of right in between where I don't think he's going to get traded. I think he wants to play there and he wants to finish his career there. But at the same time, I don't know how you come back from all this stuff where if I'm a teammate, look, and one of my teammates is saying I'm not coming back, like how do you take that? How do you not take that personal to some extent? You know what I mean? So the whole thing to me is confusing, and I think it, it really put – uh, Lafleur had put uh, Gutenkust in a bind. I mean, those guys. I thought their press conferences. Look, draft weekend. If you're a GM and you're a head coach, it's supposed to be a celebratory weekend, right? We just got a bunch of new pieces. We got some new guys in here, ready to compete, fill in our roster, and complete the team. And instead of kind of celebrating, they have to kind of go on the defense and say, "Oh, everything's fine." You know what I mean? So the whole thing. I just, I, oh, gosh, man, I, I feel bad for pretty much everybody involved. And I honestly, I thought I had a kind of finger on it to say this is how it's going to work out. But as I sit here today, I have no idea how this thing's going to work out. And it's it's definitely going to be an interesting couple weeks here for the Packers. Yeah, it just feels very petty. Uh, and I don't know what to believe or who's doing what. But, you know, you heard about the Gunakun stuff and then you heard about maybe Roger was upset that they let Kumaro go. And when he was saying that he wanted Kumaro here, uh, they, then there was talk about that the Packers actually offered him a new contract. He actually turned it down. 
Leroy and I was in lockstep with you that we just don't in the locker room. It just feels like he quit on the guys, and I, I don't. We're with you. I, I just don't know how you make that right. Now he can deny all this stuff because we haven't heard from him, but it just feels like it's just too much. Yeah, and I think Gary, I think the silence on Aaron's part is really starting to make people question what's really going on, right? Because if all those all those reports that came out last week, um, if those were false, I mean, and if I was Aaron Rodgers, I'd come out the same day and say, "This is hey, listen, this is BS. It's not true. We're talking about some things. Obviously, nothing's perfect, but we're working our way through some things. But these reports are all BS." I think the silence on Aaron Rodgers' parts, speaks volumes, right? I mean, if mm-hmm. this stuff was mm-hmm. false and this stuff wasn't true, that the reports that we're seeing and what we're hearing, I mean, if, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you've got to come out and say, listen, this stuff is false. It's, it's not true. We're working through some contract stuff. That's it, you know, and try to put an end to it. But this thing has kept growing and growing and growing, and it started as a little bit of smoke, and now there's some fire, and now it's like building and building and building, and you're like, what, what is going on, right? And, and if I'm a teammate of Aaron, I was yeah, obviously I played for Aaron for eight years, you know. I, I considered Aaron a, a good friend of mine, but at the same time, uh, if you're a player in that locker room and your leader, your quarterback, right, is, is threatening to just leave if they don't make some changes, and he's threatening just to basically, hey, I don't want to play here anymore, I mean, if I'm a player in that locker room, how do you not take that personal to an extent, right? And those guys might have some more insight than I do. Obviously, I haven't played with Aaron for four years now, but Mm -hmm. they might have a little more insight. But how do you not take that personal to say, Aaron, hey, buddy, you know, hey, two years in a row, man, we're in the NFC Championship game. We're that close, you know, we're that close, man. We're that close to getting another Super Bowl, and you're just ready to give up on us and go. I I, I think there's probably some guys in that locker room that take it personal, but a lot of guys probably – understand where he's coming from at the same time but the thing that bothers me the most gary and Leroy, is is the the heat that brian is taking mm-hmm. is, is just mm-hmm. that yes i mean listen it, it doesn't you as a player you don't have to agree with every single pick and every single signing that a gm makes listen brian is doing goody is doing his best job to do the job that he was hired to do and when you're talking about the green bay packers a team that has been in the playoffs for what 11 of the last 12 or 13 years. I mean, they were always competitive. They were always on the edge of getting to that Super Bowl and winning. He, his job is to keep that going. And when you, when, you, when you look at his job, that's not only worrying about now, this 2021 team or the last year 2020 team. It's looking down the future. So you can't blame him for doing something that's going to try to put the team in the best position to win two, three years from now. I, with that being said, though, guys, I mean, there was a lot of years there where I played with Aaron and, and a bunch of other guys that we felt like we were one player away, right? Hey, just go get us this receiver. Go get us this badass defensive lineman, and boom, we're going to compete. And instead of doing that, kind of the management's way is, well, we'll just, instead of getting a running back, we're just going to move a wide receiver to running back, see how it goes. And you're like, okay, whatever, you know. But you always, when you get to that point, when you get to that plateau, like obviously which Aaron has felt like the NFC Championship game the last two years is a plateau, you need a couple players to get you over that top. And I just think for whatever reason, uh, he in his heart, he must not think that 
uh, Goody and the and the front office are, are are worrying about the now, going in all now and trying to win the Super Bowl now. They're trying to win the Super Bowl maybe two two or three years from now. And I think if you're Aaron, you look in the mirror and you say, maybe I'm not going to be here in two or three years, right? So I, I thought when the whole initial when when the report came out, I thought, hey, this is Aaron's way of trying to put the pressure on them to maybe trade up, maybe go get a playmaker right now, maybe get that difference maker right now that's going to come help them win the Super Bowl in 2021. Uh, they didn't do that, but look, they took a cornerback from Georgia who's a really good player, and when you look at the NFC Championship games that Aaron Rodgers has played in, the last three NFC Championship games, has it been the offense no. that's been the problem? No. No, no it hasn't. It's, <laughs> Atlanta put up 45 on us back in 2016. San Fran put up 40 two years ago. Tampa Bay last year, obviously, <laughs> uh, you know, it wasn't an offensive shootout, but they scored enough points. You know, they scored a lot of points to win that game. And, and maybe that's the playmaker that I don't think Aaron understands is maybe we need another DB that can cover these guys to keep them below the 28 30 point mark to let us let our offense go out there and win so i don't know the whole thing to me is just really confusing and it's kind of disheartening too because aaron is one of my brothers aaron's one of my best friends and brian beauty is just an unbelievable human being i hate to see them kind of both in the media to as they portray him kind of going head to head with each other and kind of button heads i just hope i hope i don't know if there's a way and i don't know the answer but I hope in my heart that there's a way for those two guys, if there is the real beef that the media is kind of portraying, I hope there's a way that those guys can solve it and we can keep Aaron in Green Bay for at least a couple more years. Talking with former Packer and Lions offensive lineman TJ and Lang here on the Wendy's Big Show. Uh, TJ, uh, I hope your family's doing well, your wife and kids. And I will say this, guys leave all the tackle. Me and Gary were heartbroken when you didn't come back. We and are. I and then the one, and then now well, the Lions are a good the, organization. I played well, for them. I was too, going so. into that, Gary, because they chose the best lineman, fell to them in the draft, and you're thinking <laughs> they've never done that. It's always receivers. TJ I mean, was partying on Twitter when that happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was. Guys, I was going, I was going nuts, man. And, you know, Leroy and Gary. I mean, you guys know, you guys know how much I love being in Green Bay, man. That no was question. My home. I grew up. I got there as a 21-year-old kid and left as a 29-year-old adult. I mean, I just learned so many life lessons being in Green Bay. And uh, when you get to that age, though, right, I mean, it's kind of a borderline between teams. There's some teams that look at you saying, okay, he's at the end of his career. And there's some teams saying, hey, maybe he's only 29. He's got three or four years left, you know. And, exactly. and I, I don't want to say anything bad about Green Bay. I wish no. I could have came back. But, listen, there were just other teams that – uh, for me, you know, offensive lineman, man, when you get a chance to make some money, you got to go make the money. Yeah. Right? You know, TJ, that's, that's, that, that's my whole thing, too. That's the, that's the bottom line, yeah. man. And I miss Green Bay every single day. My my, my kids grew up there. They love it. Um, yep. Just I, I literally don't have anything bad to say about Green Bay. But when you look at Detroit now, uh, obviously I'm from Detroit. My wife's from Detroit. Yep. I live in Detroit now. I still do some work with the Lions and do some work uh, media-wise through the team. Um, when it came to draft night and <laughs> there was three players on the board, I think it was Cincinnati pick and then Miami pick and then Detroit. And I'm looking yep. at, okay, we got Jalen Waddell, we got Panay Sewell, and then we've got uh, I think the other receiver – that uh jamar chase jamar chase yeah okay yep there we got three guys there okay so i'm watching since okay since he takes jamar chase i'm sitting Yay. there going, okay, let's go come on miami come on i don't don't i don't want to hear a piece sound. i don't want to miami select p no don't don't give me p they took they took the other receiver and i was just so ecstatic because 
these guys that are coming into Detroit now, right? You obviously know it's going to be a couple years. There's yep. still, I mean, there's still a lot of missing pieces on this Detroit team. But mm-hmm. if I'm a GM and if I'm a head coach and I come in and I preach toughness and I pe- I preach all that stuff about how we want to just pound the rock, listen, you got to build your team from the inside out. That's the only way to do it. And there's precedence in this league. You look back at last year with the Cleveland Browns, right? A couple years ago, they were a bad team. They go out, they draft uh, the kid from Alabama uh, to play left tackle. They go get Jack Conklin to bring in their right tackle. They pick mm-hmm. up Austin Teller, right guard. And next thing you know, boom, they're a 10-win team, right? 11-win team. You look at the same thing that happened a couple years ago. Uh, this is going kind of way back, but Dallas Cowboys were terrible yes. my first couple years in the NFL, 2010, 2011. They were terrible. They go out a couple drafts in a row. They pick up Tyron Smith, left tackle, Travis Frederick, center, uh, Zach Martin, right guard. And boom, next thing you know, for the next four or five seasons, they're winning 12, 13 games. And it's just like, okay, that's how you build a team, right? So I think the Lions are obviously still maybe a year or two away from really competing in the NFC North, especially with when you have Green Bay with the way that they've been playing. But you know what? I, I really like the way that they built the team through the draft this year by picking up a lot of big bodies, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, guys that you know are going to be um, kind of the quiet playmakers, right? Because offensive linemen, defensive linemen, you don't get a lot of hype. You don't get a no. lot of accolades. But listen, this Penny Sewell kid that they picked up, he's probably going to start off at right tackle. I think the Lions are going to have a really good chance to protect Jared Goff, and they're going to have a really good chance to have a really good running game too. Mm, no, so, yeah, which, which um, leads me kind of balances around that, right? Which leads me into my next question with you because I think a lot of Packer fans talk about well, they never had any weapons around Aaron Rodgers, didn't didn't have any weapons, and, I, and I'm going like, listen, he had the best left tackle in the game in Bakhtiari. The left guard uh, in Elton Jenkins was like super really good last year. You had the best yeah. center in the league in, in Corey Lindsley. You couldn't afford to pay him, but he, he was a top center. Oh, now, right tackle, you may have waned a little bit, but but still, I, I just Aaron think the Jones, Packers – Right, Aaron Jones, top five running back. Devontae Adams, I mean, I just think that the offensive line, when you look at it, they just don't get enough credit as far as they have to protect Aaron Rodgers, and people don't look at it as a weapon per se. Yeah, and I think, Gary, I mean, listen, when you talk about weapons, Green Bay was the number one offense in the league last year. Yeah, they were. Aaron Rodgers threw for 4,800 yards, 45 touchdowns, just insane numbers, right? And obviously he had a great offensive line with Dave and Corey, uh, Elton, a couple younger guys in there. I I think it's going to be a little bit different this year. I mean, obviously Dave – kind of broke my heart last year when he had the torn ACL right. late in the season. And mm-hmm. uh, guys kind of respond from that a little different. I don't know if he's going to be ready for the start of the season. Maybe he is, but he, he's a top left tackle still. Uh, what are you going to do with the rest of the offensive line, though? You just lost Lindsley. You have Jenkins. Are you going to put Jenkins at center? I know you just drafted uh, the Myers kid from Ohio State who's got a lot of potential. But um, you know what? When it, It's such a different team and different scheme then when I played in Green Bay, where it was basically we're going to throw the ball 50 times and let Aaron go win this game for us, now you watch the Packers and it's like we're going to run the ball 40 times, we're going to throw in 20 play actions, and there might be 15 snaps where we just let Aaron drop back and just make a play, right? It's mm-hmm. totally different. Um, but when you talk about playmakers, you talk about guys uh, like a Randall Cobb type guy. You know, when you have Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson on the outside and you talk about – maybe needing a third playmaker type mm-hmm. guy. It's that Randall Cobb guy on the inside that can make the plays. And they had that 
a little bit last year with the Robert Tanyan, who had yeah. an awesome year at tight end. He did. But on the outside, I just don't think that they – and you look at uh, Valdez-Scantling, you look at Alan Lazard, yes, they both had their moments. They both kind of shined a little bit here and there. But are either of right. them really a steady number two or a steady number three slot receiver? I don't know. If you add that guy, and maybe they did in Amari Rodgers from Clemson. Maybe they right. did this year. They I think so. In the third round, that can be the difference maker in the middle of the field where you don't have to worry about getting the ball to Devontae 15, 17 times a game on the <laughs> outside to, to rely on him to be your number one playmaker. Hey, I, hey that's, that's my when, fantasy football guy. Hey, no, I need those targets. Hey, you know what? <laughs> that, that kid's gonna be, I think he's got a chance to be a really good yeah. player as long as as long as we're still talking about the other Aaron A. Right, that's right. <laughs> throwing the ball to him, uh, but I think that's what you talk about on the offensive side of the ball. And listen, it, when you when you're scoring forty points a game, it, you're going to win twelve games a year. It's it's automatic. You know what I mean? But when you get to the playoffs, you get to the end of the season, you're going to need those couple extra playmakers. And I think that's what Aaron Rodgers has always wanted. And listen, I don't know; these kids haven't played a snap in NFL football with yeah. the offensive lineman they're bringing in with the with the uh, with the Rodgers kid they bringing out of Clemson. Yeah. Maybe he can replicate that Randall Cobb role in the middle of defense, playing that slot receiver right. that'll get you those big plays. Yeah, right? maybe. I just don't know. I just don't know if that's enough to convince Aaron Rodgers that hey. We got you the guys. We're all in right now. We're going for it, man. Let's go. Come nope. back. Let's kind of play this thing off like it was overblown in the media a little bit and come back for another year or two. We got to get T.J. Yeah, on longer, man. This guy good, man. Nobody knows what's going to happen. It's so frustrating, you know. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows Nobody knows what's going to happen. I agree. Just, TJ, uh, thanks so much thanks for coming lot, on, TJ. man. Appreciate it. we got to go we got to go on to break here cuz we're on the statewide network. We have to Oh, we're different now, TJ. Yeah, we're it's, different now. It's totally yeah. different now. Award hey, winning. I appreciate you guys, man. I know I talked a long time. I No, listen, you were great. In my heart. I'll keep it to 5 seconds. I hope Aaron Rodgers comes back because I think this year or next the next 2 years I really hope they win another Super Bowl not only for the city but for everybody else on that roster's legacy, man. I really hope they do it. I hope this thing gets blown over pretty quick and Everything can go back over to normal pretty quick in Green Bay. There he is, TJ Lang, earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show. If you miss anything ever on the Big Show, just check it out at BigShowNetwork.com or download the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And you can rewind up to 24 hours on any of the shows you may miss on the fan or on the Big Show. Uh, and make sure to check that out. Coming up next, we'll find out what's coming up on the Rami Show at 3 o'clock with Rami Makhlouf. Yeah, he's here and standing way too close to me. Back after this. Sparky's Midday Madness here on The Fan. Steve Sparky, five and with you. Again, thanks to Tyler Grisham, Clemson wide receiver coach, for joining us uh, earlier in the show today. And then, of course, TJ Lang, who joined us earlier on the Wendy's Big Show. Another fun show ahead for you on the Rami Show from 3 till 6. And to tell us all about that fun, entertaining show that he'll have is the host, Rami Makhlouf. Spark Dog, how are you this afternoon, my friend? Doing good. We had a really fun big show. I'm just trying to kind of figure out what exactly we all talked about. So much stuff was going on. Then the Mike Garofalo video on Twitter that went out from NFL Network. That blew my mind. Which one? Which one? What did Mike Garofalo say? Oh, I, I don't think I saw. Don't know. I think I, well, Mike Garofalo said he was answering the question about um, uh, from which call it. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name. Anyhow. It doesn't matter. He's the anchor. An, the anchor. Okay. Yeah, the anchor. Right. Who I could tell you exactly what he looks like, but then people will get mad because Ciliano. Yes. Figures. All right. Thank you. Yeah. So Ciliano is the uh, host. 
he brings up the Bob McGinn report. Yeah. Uh, about Did you, Jerry Krause. That's what I was going to ask you. So I caught a little bit of Bart this morning. Yeah. I caught a little bit of the big show and I caught a little bit of the madness. Yeah. All great programming here on 1250 and <laughs> the fan Thanks, and your Odyssey app. Yeah. I didn't hear any, and I've, you know, you know, I have a Twitter problem. Yeah. So I've just been on there all day. Yeah. Your boy Lawrence Holmes down in Chicago tweeted out, we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers today with a picture of Jerry Krause dancing as a GIF. I, 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 I have a real funny heard, guy. And I haven't heard any funny of you guy. talking about this Bob McGinn thing, which is so juicy. There's so much juiciness in that article. Did you guys talk about it or did I, and, and I just missed you, it? No, you can, Or has no. nobody talked about it? No. Nobody's talked about this yet? No, we talked about the salary, the the contract, oh uh, my God. the max the max number. Oh, it's so juicy. And they said, no, we led the show with that, that oh. part of it, Gary and I. Um, but yeah, so we talked about a little bit, the Jerry Krause stuff. What? Oh, the Jerry Krause. There's so, not just the Jerry Krause stuff. There's a lot of juice in that. In that. Oh, I understand. Oh, it's juicy. So Jerry Krause, mm-hmm. the Jerry Krause thing, Tyler Dunn, confirmed on Twitter that that indeed was happening via text message with Rodgers to his teammates. He was calling Goody Jerry Krause or whatever. Okay, fine. Mm. So he gets, they get Garofalo on. So they ask him, what do you make of this? How old is Brian Gutekinds? Do we know? Uh, 40s, I think. Hey, Evan or Dan, can you find me a picture of Jerry Krause at the age that Brian Gutekunst is at now. I want to see. I just want to see if there are any Anyways, similarities so, physically. So Gar- no. So Garofalo okay. uh, answers the question about Krause. It's pretty much just says Mike Silver and I. We haven't actually talked to a firsthand person that has gotten one, mm-hmm. but with the rumors have been out there for a while that this was going on, that he was doing this. But we neither one of us had a firsthand source. Okay, mm. fine. Then he opens up after he says that. It goes. But since everybody's talking about everything, let me tell you what I got. <laughs> oh, Garofalo's got more? Oh, yeah. When did this happen? Garofalo. When did this come out? Was I in the car on the way here? No, it was before that. It was during the big show. Because we played it on the big show, and then Gary lost his, well, Gary loses his mind, but we were all just kind of sitting looking at each other. Garofalo, except Leroy, because he don't believe anything. Garofalo says that Aaron Rodgers was telling prospective free agents that were thinking about Green Bay, and he wasn't coming back. And say, you know, if you are gone, that's fine, but I'm not going to be here. Go right ahead. Going all the way back to before last season, he was telling these guys he was done after this year. Oh, wow. But but before. Oh, wow. But before last season, he apparently was telling guys, I'm done after this year. So if y'all want to come, that's fine, but I'm not going to be here. Then we play that. Mind-boggling. Then Graffalo says, and that list of teams, he'd been already telling guys that's where he was going to go play after this year. That's where he wanted to go play. So that was already out last September, October, that he already had his teams where he wanted to go play. Furthermore, Gary Ellerson using his brain later Actually, in the show. That, that's when I was listening, this point that you're about to bring up. And JJ this, Watt? This was brought up by a caller on my show on Monday Gary as, a, as a possibility. brings up, hey, man, going back to what Caravolo said, do you think he told J.J. Watt not to come because he was leaving and that's why they didn't get J.J. Watt? I'm here to tell you, right now, if this is proven to be true, what Garofalo's reporting, Aaron Rodgers I mean, and Packer fandom, but it's, Sparky, it's over. But Sparky, it's over. What if he didn't directly make a call to J.J. Watt and be like, hey, man, I'm not going to be here. You might not want to sign. But what if this has just been known in NFL circles and, and J.J. Watt caught okay. wind of it? Let's say it was. Okay. Leroy's point is this. So you're telling Leroy and me and you and Gary that everybody knew he was going to pull this power play at the end of the year. Yet, Bakhtiari signs the extension. Jones signs the extension and hey says he wants to be in Green Bay. You can't you can't hinge your career on what Aaron Rodgers does. 
You can if you're Devontae Adams. Well, he hasn't signed his yet. No, but I'm just right. saying, you can, yeah. depending on who you are. No, but if you're David Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari could have waited, and good thing he didn't because he ended up getting hurt. So for Bakhtiari, if he would have said, Pat, no. I'm going to go with you. For David Bakhtiari, it's moving large men wherever he is. Like, Devontae Adams has to rely on yeah, Aaron Rodgers like his... throwing him the football. No, 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 but Rodgers is like his best friend. Yeah, like, we all want to work with our best friends, but pay right. me and I'll get over it. Right, they're super tight. Yeah. Bakhtiari was going to get paid by somebody. Right. Mm, yeah, he was. But look at what happened. That's what I'm saying. If he didn't sign that contract, right. and he so that's, been that's probably why he signed yes. that contract. I got to get though, my money. Even though, yes, he would like to be with his. No with his, He would like to ride with his boy for the rest of their career. Right. But he knows the reality of the NFL. Correct. And when you get your shot at a payday, get as it. Eminem told you, you only get one shot. That's correct. Love that song. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's. Mom's spaghetti. So all of this going on here. I mean, and then you've got the, the athletic piece. Did you see that this morning? Yeah. About Boone Holzer? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not even so, going to have time to get so to that There's today. that. Sparky, and, then, I have... and then Yelich, that whole thing, that happened during your there's show so yesterday. Much. There's so much going on, and, I've, and I only have three hours. Can I ask you something, even though we're already into my show? I don't care. I, I heard you talking about something yesterday, and a friend of mine messaged me about it this morning. Why does everybody assume and just say it like it's fact that it was Rodgers and his camp? That leaked this whole thing out and started this whole thing. Oh, I explained it on the air. I know. I heard I'll you explain, explain it on the air. But did so you... tell me the reason. Well, that not everybody. Peter Schrager. Don't know if you're a Peter Schrager fan or not. I'm not. I'm okay. Never, never cool. really have been. Never sure. really liked him. Um, and, and not the person. I don't know the person. I'm just saying what he does on TV, writing, whatever. <laughs> Schrager is on McAfee yesterday. I watched that this morning. And you, if you find, you can find that audio and play that back. This dude here. Got sunglasses on, doing Zoom with him and AJ Hawk. Was indoors? AJ was he indoors with sunglasses? No, he was outside. Okay, well. Hawk doesn't say a word during this whole thing. Schrager is talking about this situation that you wanted to talk about. I, you know, I just don't think Aaron would want that out there. I, I don't believe that Aaron and his guys would do that. And then, you know, the Packers, I'm paraphrasing guys. I, he, you can find the audio and look it up yourself on McAfee. In uh, the Packers, you know, I've known those guys for a lot of time. Good guys over there. I don't think they would do it. Well, he just so, doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Oh no! So this he dude goes. Lose any then, hold on, Penn Trader goes. You know, you know, maybe, maybe it's you know a rival agent that has an axe to grind and, and a grind, and then that, that's a, okay. You stop. It's just nonsense. Don't speak nonsense like that. That drives me nuts. To your point about Rogers and what we said, it makes far more sense for him to put it out there to force their hand to try and trade him when he'd been telling them that for a month and they weren't moving See, on him. Then it makes all the sense in the world to have. The teams that call the Packers are only the teams that were on his list. One like everybody in the NFL was calling them. Only the teams on his list, which means that agent, Dunn, was the one probably calling them to be like, dude, they won't trade him. Get us out. Hold on, I'm not done. Then Andrew Brand comes on the show today on The Big Show, who you just had on. Yes, I did on Monday. You can listen to that on the Odyssey app. And tells me something that I didn't know. Which was? Nor did Gary, nor did Leroy. Aaron Rodgers. His agency that represents him? Yes. Also, also represented by? Jordan Love. Yeah. Adam Schefter. Oh, really? I did not know that. Hmm. Wow. Look at that. But What were you going to say? I didn't know about that last little tidbit. That's an interesting little tidbit. But, yeah, I'd say so. Now you understand how Schefter ends up with a lot of these but stories. All, all the other, His agency owns like half the NFL. All the other dots you connected. Sorry, I had to clear my throat. All the other dots you connected. Yeah. That, those are the dots I was connecting before I heard Rodgers say at the Kentucky Derby over oh, the weekend stop. that he was disappointed. Now, hold on, hold on. So I considered, you. I think you you have to consider all possibilities, Sparky. That, that's how I As do. long as they make sense. That's how I do my job, yes. Makes sense. Exactly. So I was like, 
I rolled my eyes when I saw when I read that quote. I did the same thing that you just did. I rolled my eyes and I went, "Oh, most stop. probably did." Right? Yeah. yeah. But then I was like, "Let me consider this. Maybe he's because you are the president of his fan club. Maybe he's telling the truth. No, I'm the president of of logic and 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 considering everything. That's what I'm the president of. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be the bad guy. Has never wanted to be the bad guy. And and had he been traded without it ever being known that Aaron Rodgers wanted to be traded, I already have a counter. Only the Packers look bad in that. Also, okay. maybe you say it's Aaron Rodgers who wanted to stir up a bidding war. Maybe it was the Packers who wanted to stir up a bidding war, and maybe it was the Packers who wanted to force Aaron Rodgers' hand by by lighting by lighting this match and just throwing it in a pool of gasoline. Right. To to turn half the fan base against Aaron Rodgers. You hope. Yeah, well, either way, you were going to— You hope that's what happens. When you when you drafted Jordan Love, you had resigned yourself to the fate of one day trading Aaron Rodgers and taking— You're the bad guy. —and taking some heat on it. They've been the bad guy this, since they drafted this him. This minimizes the heat by making Aaron Rodgers the diva who asked his way out and can't handle the pressure of them drafting a first-round quarterback in mm-hmm. a lot of, in a lot of people's eyes. So maybe, just maybe, the Packers throw that out there, make Aaron Rodgers look like the bad guy, and come out in front of cameras and microphones, and finally— after all offseason, not deciding not to, finally saying all the right things about how great Aaron is and how much they want him back. Aspiration. So that, no, so that yes. they leave the door open for him. Hey, you want to put out this fire? You have the hose now to put out this fire. Or we're going to get a bunch of calls about trades and start a bidding war and take the best offer for you. We tried to make you happy. Now we're done trying to make you happy. But that's not what they're saying. But I think that they've is what's been, happening, Sparky. And, they've been saying and, the whole time that he's and, under contract, that and, they're not trading him. You said you had one more last little tidbit. I have one more uh, last I have little one tidbit. counter, yeah. Okay, but I have one more last. So, so what I did was I went and opened Adam Schefter's initial report, initial story from that, that Aaron Rodgers wanted out. You should read the NFL side version of it that came from the Packers, but I believe. My, they the, were both The different. only thing I was looking for was this, and it was right in the first paragraph, and we all missed it. Reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers is so disgruntled with the Packers that he has told some within the organization that he does not want to return to the team, comma, league and team sources told ESPN on Thursday. We all just blew right past that and went, well, this must be Aaron Rodgers' camp. Adam Schefter told us it was team and league sources that told ESPN. Right, can I ask you a question? Do you think he's going to put in there? Sourced by Aaron Rodgers. Sourced by Aaron's agent. Well, no. He gets the initial drop from Aaron's agent. Done, right? Now he needs to back that up. He doesn't have to. Good journalist probably would. He doesn't say league so, and team sources confirmed to ESPN. He says league and team sources told ESPN. I, I understand. I'm just hold on. So he gets the call from Dunn, right? Let's say that's where it comes from. That's where I believe it came from. So it comes from Dunn or whoever it is in Rogers camp. Gives him the call. Okay, sounds good. Now I call whoever my guy is in Green Bay. Could be Goody, could be Murphy, could be Russ Ball, whoever it is. You call, be like, hey, this is what I'm hearing. What can you, what, what can you tell me? Yeah, it's been going on. It's been going on, blah, blah, blah. Sounds good. So now they know Schefter is going to run with whatever was put out there. Ask Blucker. We were here doing this. Rappaport, what he was putting out and what Schefter was putting out were kind of different than what each were doing. And we were both sitting here going, wait a second. They're not together. It was like, hard to track they're not, all of it. Right? So yeah. immediately, That's Plucker, going on all day. That was Plucker and I both were guys, like, yeah. hey, listen here. Like, Rodgers is feeding Schefter in his camp, and the Packers and their camp are feeding the NFL NFL network. And then when Brand said what he said today, then, to me, that was all clarified. To your point about Rodgers not wanting to be the bad guy, that's what I had to counter to. Mm-hmm. 
Brett Favre, Greta Van Susteren, trying to break into family night practice. Break into. Uh, you say yeah. like he had a crowbar. Go ahead. Might as well have. Yeah. So he's trying to get in. No, no, no. I go to sweet, whatever. So you, you go through all of this. Barbecue, right? At Maddie's Bar and Grill. Yeah, hey, you we did that. We smash cars. Right. We burn jerseys. Uh-huh. $4 specials. We made the national news that night. Fun. 5.30 news. Good times. Amazing. Good times are had by all. Hated the man. Uh-huh. Traded to the Jets. Hmm. Now I retire again. Unless you draft Mark Sanchez, then you're going to let me go play with the Vikings? Sure. Okay. Mark Sanchez, USC, to the Jets. Beautiful. I'm out of here. To the Vikings, he goes. Comes to Lambeau. Boo! Hate you! Ah, you cause us! You suck! Oh, so uh, you're saying Aaron sees uh, the path back to redemption. That Aaron, that, that Go through all walked. of yeah. that, right? Yeah. Then, it took years. He doesn't want to go it, through that, though. It, it took years. It took years. Then, Favre comes back. Oh. Packer Hall of Fame. Not a normal Hall of Fame dinner, mind you. Mm-hmm. Not the one Leroy got. Mm-hmm. Not the one Gilbert got. Mm-hmm. This dude mm-hmm. gets tickets sold inside the freaking stadium. Yeah, not five I people know, showed up. Like five, Thousands five, yeah, of five, people I know, I know. showed up to cheer this dude. Hold on, I'm not done yet. Then this We're dude. Really eating into my. That yeah. Really what are you gonna talk about? <laughs> then this dude. This dude. Then. Fast forward. Welcome back, Packer Nation. Love you. Love you. Love you. Now this dude is on a media tour telling everybody about Aaron Rodgers. He ain't coming back. I went through it. Get out of here. But what what would be, like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers sees that possibility. But what's easier for Aaron Rodgers? Going through all that to get that crazy good home, that awesome homecoming that Brett Favre got? Or to leave here thinking that it was not his choice at all to leave here, that it was all the Green Bay Packers, that they pushed him out the door, and he never leaves the good graces of Packers fans, never doesn't has to care. go. Yes, he does. No, he he absolutely does. Nope. He does. Absolutely. Nope. I think, sure. I, I think at this point, Aaron, yeah, he says it. I think at this point, Aaron Rodgers realizes in order to be the greatest or consider him among the greatest, he needs more than one ring. Not everybody is like you that don't care about rings. Most people do. He needs, he needs more than one. Do you agree he needs more than one? He needs more than one. For all the, lem- for yes. All the lemmings, yes. Correct. For everybody, all the sheep who right. follow your way of thinking, yes. As we discussed on the big show, uh-huh. he gets traded to Denver, or he gets traded to Vegas, wherever he goes, and he goes and loses more conference championship games. What are y'all going to say then? Because uh, the, the, the pressure is going to be enormous if he needs for to, him to go win a Super Bowl day? somewhere did else. Did because right? here, oh, they didn't give him enough help. Oh, they didn't do enough. Okay. So now you go to Denver with Jerry, Judy, and Sutton, all these guys. You go win a Super Bowl with that crew. We wish you luck. Did you hear on Monday when I was just spitting fat, facts and logic and it upset Gary so much that you decided to call in the show and argue with no. my facts and logic? No, but I wish I would have. Yeah, you should have. Um, me and Evan did the math. Actually, I let a calculator do the math for me, so don't say Smart. you did math. Right. Math I, on the radio, never let, a good idea. I let idea. the calculator do math for me. We all screw up on the radio. The playoff losses that Aaron Rodgers has incurred, He'd have to score, on average, 38 points to win those football games. Get out of here, man. Please, stop. So Tom you don't, Brady scored 10 and won a Super Bowl. Get out of my face. So, no, I'm not going to see well, I'm not arguing against Tom Brady. Rodgers doesn't cheat, nor does his coaching staff. That dude played for a cheating organization, so he doesn't belong in the conversation okay, as far good, as I'm concerned. You. So what are we talking about? So, Aaron Rodgers well, is the GOAT. Well, what, Eli Manning with his two rings? Is that who you got? What? Who? Well, Terry Bradshaw? Uh, what? Who, who, Eli Manning, Terry Bradshaw's got four rings? Yeah, good for him. 
I'll give me Aaron Rodgers. And Terry all day. Bradshaw was surrounded by Hall of Fame talent. We can't talent. get into this right now. He we, was surrounded by I'm already due for my first break. I haven't even started my first segment. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> Stay tuned, Rami Magloff. More fun stuff. Toodles. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.